and welcome to the One Pound Movie Podcast. I'm your host Wayne and this is episode 27. Welcome along again if you're joining me, if you're a repeat listener and you're joining me again, welcome along. And if this is your first time, welcome along. We're going to be talking about One Pound Films, films you can buy for a pound or less in anywhere. Anywhere that sells them, basically. Charity shops, CEX, cash converters, anywhere. Car boot sales, you name it. I don't know, thrift shops. Wherever you can buy a DVD movie for a pound or less. That's the only thing. That's the only prerequisite I've got is it has to be a pound or less. Basically just to see what a pound will get you. They could be Oscar winners and like on the previous episode they could be B-movie disasters like Zombiesaurus or any anything in between. On episode 27 we've uh, got our first foreign language uh, but it's not foreign language, it's a bit strange but we'll talk about it as we go along. On episode 27 we'll be talking about Turkle in Trouble. Eureka presents the cutest family film of the year. No. Okay, Leon. No. I said yes. Mum, Dad, do we have to have these discussions? We're not discussing. We're rowing. An everyday drama for old and young. I'm the one who has it coming on Monday. Anders and the Turkle in trouble. Did <laughs> you piss your pants, man? Hey, stop it. A story of eternal friendship. Do you know what? If this had been a real gun, we could have blown your bollocks off. Innocent love. Uh-huh. That guy's uh-huh. the uh-huh. We love each other. No, there's no way I love that fat cow. <gasps> with songs everyone can sing along to. You better check yourself. You're the hickey dicky fool. Get your act together with a lesson from the man. Here I am. They call me circle, and I'm a miracle. See and hear the work inspired by Anders Matheson. What about pissing your pants, putridge, crotch-faced, all tossed the scum? It's just the thing when she talks to me, you know what I mean? I don't like it clean. You're an ugly twat, and your mummy likes to shag horses. Hey, I once had a girlfriend like that. Oh. <laughs> with splendid useful antics. <laughs> That'll learn your bitch. Fun and games. You're gonna die. Wish pranks. Hello, Turkle. Hijinks. <laughs> Turkle in trouble. Soon in a cinema near you. No. So, Turkle in Trouble from 2004, directed by Stefan Fjeld- Fjeldmark. You're going to be some in with some awful, awful, awful pronunciations of of Scandinavian names, and I apologise right from the off. But uh, directed by Stefan Fjeldmark, Kristen Vesterberg Anderson, and th- I think it's Torburn. Torbjorn, Torbjorn Christofsson, Christofsson, Christofferson, Christofferson. I think, I, I think we'll move on from that quickly. It has an IMDb score of 7.1 out of 10, a Rotten Tomato score of 70%. I couldn't find out the budget, but the gross was $300,003, I'm assuming. Um, it has a running time of 77 minutes. It is a 15 certificate and it is the princely sum of £1. That's how much it cost me from CEX, of all places. Now, this is a foreign language film that has been dubbed into English. So the voice cast, uh, the English voice cast is comprises of Aid Edmondson, Olivia Coleman, Toby Stevens, Ben Bishop, 
and Johnny Vegas, just to name a few. And I'll read the the synopsis, the synopsis from the back of the DVD, like I always do. So here it is: Turkle's mum Sheila is about to marry his dad, and she's too interested in the wedding, fags, and kinky sex to pay attention to it. He's fallen out with his best friend Jason, and. His psychopath uncle Stuart has just pasted two of the class bully boys who make Turkle's life hell. His teacher has met with an untimely death and her replacement, Justin, is an animal-loving, guitar-playing tree hug. The girls love him. Fat Doris is the only one to love Turkle unconditionally. But to curry favour with the bully boys, Turkle has turned on her with disastrous results. Meanwhile, Turkle has started receiving mysterious death threats Turkle's in trouble, all right, and for him, life is about to get even worse. Right, so after that synopsis, which, you know, it lays a bit out there. I'm not really sure what to expect there. But anyway, uh, we'll come to that. Uh, The background on the film, couldn't really find out a lot. It's not the best trans, uh, translation on the back of the box. Uh, Obviously, this being a Danish film uh, with English actors. Um, The the original film, um, everybody bar... Um, Turkle's mom was voiced by the same actor and that actor is Anders Mattesson and this is the very first fully com- uh, computer animated Danish feature length film is this a Danish film there you go people I know I wrote it down somewhere and this is based on a radio series the same name which appeared on the long running show or oh, Bonner Radio <laughs> I don't know why I stumbled over that, but it looked weird before I said it. In fact, it's Borna. I'm wrong. So it's Borna Radio uh, for pre-teens, uh, for pre and young teens. The um, the original song, more butchering of the Danish language people, Teog Fuck Off, the chorus translates as, Please fuck off, you ugly, uh, you're too ugly for me, and your mum is up for anything. Yeah, you heard me right. That's exactly what I said. Right, Anders Matheson, who was the original voice of the film, because um, I couldn't find anything out on the directors, to be honest. It was a very, very short search on those guys. But uh, Anders Matheson, who voiced all the original cast, except for Turkle's mom, he's done lots and lots of Danish films and work, uh, including... Uh, none of this is going to make any sense to you, because he didn't to me, but here we go. Including uh, Jewel Pastor Vester, Vesterbro, uh, what goes around? Checkered Ninja One and Two. Oh, I don't know, but I quite fancy finding them. And I couldn't really tell you anything else about it. To be honest, it's going to be a very short um, intro section, like like normal. Critical response: We'll go with Jonathan Trout from BBC. He gave this four stars, and he said it's gleeful and provocative political incorrectness. Worked because Turkle's fears and isolation amidst all the crackpot fantasy ring so heart wrenchingly true. Danny Ma- Mora gave this two stars, and he said, anyone who still wants to watch a Danish animated film should dare to experiment at their own risk. Like I say, two stars. We'll get to a letterbox now. It's got a 3.3 overall, and we've got a user called Anna. She gave this five stars, and he said, and they say the Scandinavians have no culture. And then we got another user called uh, Via, who also gave it five stars and said, screw you, Lars Trier. This is the greatest thing to come out of Denmark ever and then there is lots and lots and lots and lots of reviews pretty much all saying the same thing they say that the song fuck off and die is an absolute banger so we'll uh, we'll get to that and find out so uh if this is your first time listening uh, obviously episode 27 you've got 26 to go back and have a listen to and hopefully i've got better in those 26 episodes but here we go um i haven't watched the film at this point um in proceedings so i won't 
what I'd normally do is I'd go and research the film, you know, pick up the DVD, have a look at that, have a read of that, see what I can glean from it, and then I'll give you an expectation. Um, and that's what I'm going to do now. So when I picked it up from the case, I honestly thought this is going to be a terrible, I don't know if you've ever seen Food Fight, this terrible CGI-based film, and he's just basically a fucking, you know, it's a series of fever dreams, and I thought this would be the same sort of thing, just a series of fever dreams, you know, linked only by the time that they're on screen together. But on, on reading uh, up on this, I, um, I think, you know, it's going to be at very least decent. It's going to, you know, have something behind it. So, I mean, it's very rare for me to change my mind from my initial thought, but um, we'll wait and see because I'm hoping it's not going to be this terrible CGI. I'm hoping it's going to have some decent, you know, I'm expecting, obviously, there's going to be some comparisons to something like Felix the Cat, uh, and South Park, definitely from South Park, and you know even some other adult um, animations and things like that. But uh, we'll see. I mean, there's a brilliant French animated film uh, from a few years ago called My Life as a Courgette. Now it's not going to be that, people, and I'm not expecting it to be that. But at least if it tries, I'll be happy. If it tries to be anything like, I mean, My Life as a Courgette, I'd stop the podcast now. Don't bother listening to the rest of this. Go and watch My Life as a Courgette if you haven't seen it. It's fantastic. It's really, really good. And I'm hoping that's got the same sort of thing. It won't. It won't because that is a, a different film completely. But uh, let's hold out hope, yeah. So um, if you're not, if you don't, know, if you're new to the podcast, you won't know what's happening now. But uh, we're going to stop the podcast now. Go and watch the film. And uh, here's an intermission. Right, so we're back. I've watched the film just before we go any further. If you do intend to watch Turkle in Trouble, then stop the podcast now. Go and watch Turkle in Trouble and then come back because it's spoiler heavy from here on in. People, we're going to talk about the whole film. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. In case you didn't get that, spoilers. And I'll give you my reaction after watching the film. So my reaction is, you all know what that means, don't you, people? But honestly, I don't know what to think. First, I thought it was quirky. Then I thought it was just plain silly. Then I thought it was largely eth- offensive. And and now I don't know really what to say. It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks since I watched this, and yeah, it, it does. I get the Lars von Trier um, uh, review I read out because it is that sort of yeah. It, it just it feels like things happen in this for their sake. And that's it, you know, and it's one of those, it's provocative, it's it's just poking the bear enough to make it cranky, and it's, yeah, it's strange. But anyway, let's move on, so I'm going to give you the whole plot of the film. So, we start with the title card, and the DV shows uh, the characters um, who all look like catchphrase animation characters. So, just straight away, you know what you're in for, because this is catchphrase animation sort of characters all the way through and then we start with this very grungy 90s horror film music over over these titles uh, which shows some um, someone cutting out letters of a newspaper you know like somebody you know they're making a kidnap ransom note sort of thing uh, and then we meet Barry and narrator who is voiced by none other than Bill Bailey and he, he looks like a 70s TV presenter and he introduces us to Turkle and his family you got the chain smoker mom and the dad who's reading a newspaper, and then his small sister Fiona. I think that's her name anyway. Turkle is in the house and they uh, then he leaves for school after being fucking awful to his sister, and he's got this Adrian Emerson uh, 
is the guy who, who voices Turco, and he's just got this whiny voice about him. It's, it's awful. He's obviously this little nervous kid, and on his way to school, he meets his friend Jason, uh, who's a streetwise youth, and uh, straight away, we get this. Turkle was in year seven at Chestnut Lane School. His best friend was Jason. Yo, Turkle! Fresh? Yeah, so I didn't do my maths. Oh, bruv! Tough shizzle! Ha! Who gives a toss? Jason was from off the council estate, which was why he spoke so funny, and why he always kept an iron pipe shoved down the back of his trousers. That's right, people. He has a pipe down his trousers. Uh, you know, you never know when you're going to need a pipe. May come in handy later. Bear that in mind. At school, we meet some of the other kids, uh, including the school bullies, Nigel and Turkey. And Nigel looks like, uh, no, no other way to say this, he just looks like Rob Beckett. That's what he looks like. Just a catchphrase version of Rob Beckett. Barry the narrator turns out to be the school music teacher as well. And they break out the school instruments and, and they just bang out this absolutely polished tune, which um, turns into some sort of strange, elaborate 70s disco uh, theme and features Barry pole dancing. This is the first and not the last inappropriate of all these adults being appropriate in front of children moments. Uh, but we'll come to that as we go along. This is the first one. Anyway, so school finishes and uh, we see the school from a spider's eye view. You know, the schoolyard. There's a moment of absolute beauty where you see the birds flying across this lovely orange clouded sky. And then Turkle just sits on him and kills him. Turkle and Jason then meet Justin, the new supply teacher, uh, voiced by Toby... I did say his name was Toby Stevens, was it? Da, 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 da. Yeah, Toby Stevens, voiced voice by Toby Stevens. He's a hippie, basically, and he notices the dead spider on Turkle's arse. Turkle goes to the toilet to get it off. Now, Ofsted need to get involved in this school, everybody, because the fucking toilets here are straight out of train spotting. It's horrendous. It's awful. Instant closure if Ofsted get involved. But anyway, Turkle is nervous. Uh, he's a nervous wreck. He jumps at everything. And then he ends up pissing all over the place. And then before, this is all because he's being pranked by um, the Rob Beckett uh, of the schoolyard and his friend who looks like a green Ezra Miller. That's Turkle and Nigel. Uh, that's Turkey and Nigel, sorry. Then they begin to tease him about killing this spider and they call him an animal abuser. You know, that's how kids are, isn't it? They, they go to class and discover Justin is standing in for their teacher who has fell down the stairs rolled into the road and been hit by a car and died. All the class cheer. Justin just dismisses them for the afternoon and we see some of the girls in Turkle's class have uh, already developed a, a huge crush on Justin. Again, inappropriate. Turkle and Jason go to the local shop where we see, we find the narrator and some very questionable choices about racial stereotypes here and Bill Bailey doing um, what Hank Azaria did with Apu. Uh, doing an Asian accent. Uh, the narrator has turned up a lot so far in more than one guise. Like obviously at the start of the film, then he's the school, he's the the uh, music teacher, and now he's in this. And then uh, once again, we see Turkle being absolute fucking, being absolutely for, fucking horrible to his sister, which she randomly turns up. She could be now older than five years old, just wandering about, you know, Denmark. Let's have a chat about the animation here while we're going. So the animation is really bright. Like I say, it's a bit slonky, it's a bit weird because it's it's sort of like I say, it's catchphrase. If you if you know British catchphrase, you know what I'm about. If not, Google British catchphrase and you'll see, you know, Mr. Chips and you'll see all that sort of, you know, like mid-90s or early 90s, like, attempt at CGI animation, that sort of thing, and that's what it's like. 
like I say, we're 20 minutes in. The animation is a bit weird. It does feel very rushed. You know, it's not it's not setting. It's not taking its time to set the tone, and it's it's a bit all over the place. I also feel this is on purpose though, because it's purposely throwing you off guard. Everything about it, apart from it being catchphrase. I'm using catchphrase a lot because a lot of people get that, but also. If you've got kids, the second generation of Fireman Sam, when they turned it all CGI, you know when that little fucking ginger bastard just kept fucking everything up in the village? What was his name? Norman Price, wasn't he? Just fuck Norman Price off, and you ain't got no trouble in Ponty Pandy. Didn't think you'd hear that in this episode, did you? Huh? Huh? Me fucking calling out Norman Price with a little twat, did you? Yeah? You didn't expect that in this episode, did you? Hmm? No, you didn't. Well, there you go. We, we move on with the film. Turkle goes home and uh, tells his chain-smoking mom of his day, and she could not give a fucking shit about her, ki- her kids. And, and then we find out that, um, like, the day after this, Turkle's mom and dad are getting married, and then... They go up to bed and whatnot, and during the night, Jason turns up for some reason. And we get this. Ah! Open the window, you villain. <sighs> Jason, what on earth are you doing? What on earth are you doing? Trying to get in. Now, chill out. And it's two o'clock in the morning. Get- the next day, uh, Turkle's parents get married, and we head to the reception where uh, Barry, us, uh, Bill Bailey's character, plays a keyboard and Turkle's loudmouth drunk uncle, played by Johnny Vegas, gives a speech. That's not to give a speech this evening. No. Mostly because of the regretful incidents that the last family gets together. But what the heck? It's not every day your favourite niece gets to turn or not. <laughs> Turkle! Huh? Your mum's got a cracking ass. <laughs> just kidding. No. You can handle it. Relax, Leon, just sit down. I need to have kicked shit out in front of all these people on your wedding day. No, no. No, thank God. It's time to propose a toss of the yearly weds. Raise your glasses. Down the action. Bottoms up. Cheers. Yes. What's the party without a song? Take it away. Let's do it. Listen up and sit down. <coughs> Nigel and Turkey turn up to the uh, to the wedding to the reception and coax Turkle into coming outside and they're smoking and drinking uh, martini and they bully Turkle into going and stealing some booze for them and while he's doing this Turkle breaks a bottle uh, he confesses to his uncle what's going on and Uncle Stuart goes off his rocker absolutely he goes outside and he beats the living shit out of these kids. Uh, including biting off uh, Turkey's ear, finishes off by saying, right, Turkle, let's go beat up your dad. Johnny Vegas, just on Johnny Vegas fire in this, to be fair. You know, just, you wouldn't expect anything less from him. At school the next day, Nigel and Turkey look like, Nigel and Turkey, so I keep saying Turkle and Turkey, it's getting very confusing. Nigel and Turkey, the school bullies, uh, look like they want to destroy Turkle. And uh, while Justin and the supply, uh, Justin the supply teacher, tells him he's arranged a, a camping trip to uh, to a local park so they can go and find a, a rare piebald salamander and save them because they're on the endangered species list. Um, Jason's pipe is made um, a really big deal of for some something. He, he's dropped it in nearly every scene. Don't forget Jason's pipe, people. Turkle is even more worried and nervous about the bullies uh, who are coming, um, who are calling him, they're calling him an more abuser more and more now. So he uh, he goes to see Justin, uh, who he finds in a classroom, again being very, very inappropriate with these young girls. Love, we write right. each other notes. Yes, we're pen pals. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to be pen 
Like I said, you girls are completely bonkers. <laughs> now these girls, as far as I can see in this film, they're no longer, they're no older than about 11 or 12. It's really inappropriate. Like I say, we'll get to this later on um, with, with what I think about these sort of things. It's really inappropriate. And so these girls are lurching all over him and he's sort of like just, you know, they, they'd been really inappropriate with him, uh, with this, with Justin. And he just goes, oh, you girls are bonkers. Oh, you girls are absolutely bonkers. And he says it in this sort of like, well, you know, it's Toby Stevens. He's got his fantastic middle-class sort of drawl to him. Um, Justin tells Turkey, uh, Justin tells Turkle to confront the bullies uh, with the advice of, look at yourselves. And we get a rap musical number. Um, which results in Turkle getting slapped by Turkey. Yeah, the musical numbers turn up in this, they're really strange all over the place as well. Uh, after school, uh, we see, uh, on the, and on the way home, uh, from the skate ramp that uh, Turkle's been at with Jason, Nigel and Turkey are chasing Turkle, and uh, after a chase, he ends up on an open building site, because why not, you know? And then an unforeseen foe pushes an oil drum down a ramp at Turkle, which just about misses him. Turkle phones his angry uncle uh, for some advice on how to deal with the bullies, and he's just fucking awful. You know, he's, he's fantastic. He's, he's, he doesn't listen to a word that Turkle says, and while he is on the phone, he's pissing in the sink, and it's going everywhere, and he gives us a sea shanty about um, how great he is at uh, sorting out trouble. That night, Turkle has a brick thrown through his window, threat, but it's in Danish, so I couldn't tell you. You know, I could only guess. I'm guessing it says animal abuser, but I'm not sure. Uh, Turkle's mom accuses him of doing this to himself, you know, breaking a window, throwing a, a brick through his own window. There's more bullying at school, and the, uh, there's a, I'm using bunny ear quotes, everybody, the fat girl, Doris, uh, shows him some support and gives him a letter. Nigel and Turkey turn up and start bullying Doris, and Turkle turns on Doris in a fucking heartbeat. And he calls her a fat cow. She doesn't take this very well. She jumps out of a third floor window and commits suicide. Yeah, fucking hell. Wow, how do you deal with that? Not funny. I just sat there and I was in what What the fuck just happened? As they leave the school, we, we while Doris's corpse lies bleeding in the yard, Turkle says to the bullies, luckily she didn't land on anyone's head. And then a teacher uh, is asking about what happened. And he just repeats exactly what Turkle's just said the same. Good job she didn't land on anybody's head. Uh, Turkle reads the letter in which uh, Doris is giving to him and she confesses her love for him and how much the bullies have hurt her too. Turkle tells his mom about what's happened, to which she replies, That's nice, dear. While Fiona, Turkle's sister, stabs herself in the eye with a fork. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why. She just does. She just stabs herself in the eye with a fork. Turkle has a nightmare about his family turning into monsters, which turns into another musical number uh, when he wakes up there's a bloody message on his wall uh, but once again it's in Danish so no, I have no idea you know and there's a bloody hobby horse uh, head in his bed like like the godfather that sort of reference at breakfast mom packs him off for the camping trip that he's going on with Justin we see uh, that Fiona has blinded herself in the other eye this time now so she's got one covering one eye now she's blinded herself in the other one uh, Turkle tries to get out of the trip saying he feels ill she replies it's probably jaundice just walk it off now that there people is a fucking mum response that's what I had in the 80s that is mum I really don't feel well I think I broke my leg just walk it off you know that's what we had in the 80s people just walk it off they, uh, they board the coach anyway so Turkle goes off to school they board the coach and uh, Turkle disses uh, Jason and goes to sit with his new friends the bullies you know 
he's friends with these bullies because he's accidentally killed a girl with his fucking horribleness. <sighs> yeah, I don't get that either. Uh, yeah, like I say, all he took was the death of a young girl. That's all it took to be friends with uh, Turkey and Nigel. Jason, uh, Jason plays the coach a song on his guitar, and it's about a less fortunate kids with some even worse animation to accompany it, which is very meta. So we've already got bad animation. It's even worse animation to do this. And then listen to this. Though he's only young, Kwong's the eldest out of ten. And Kwong must cook at dinner time for every one of them. With all those hungry mouths to feed, there's never much to eat. So Kwong has bought a tube of glue to give them all a treat. The little ones are safe asleep and Kwong's high as a kite. So off he heads into the town in the middle of the night. For though the day is over, Kwong can earn a little more. With Heinrich Kleinhus 49 and always makes Kwong sore. So what makes you think you've got it bad? Thank your lucky stars. Be grateful for the things you have and a life as rich as ours. And think about those less well-off. That's the message in this song. However bad your life may seem, it's a breeze compared to Kwong. It's true, you have it good. At least compared to Kwong. I mean, fucking wow. Just fucking wow. And trust me, that needs to be seen to, to understand why I'm saying fucking wow. Fucking hell. Anyway, at the campsite, Turkle chooses Nigel and Turkey over Jason. And Jason has been an arsehole to this girl called Joanna, Joanna throughout the film. He tries to talk to her because Turkle's shunned him and she just tells him to piss off and die. She says, piss off and die, you ugly twat, and your mama shags horses. The vi- and then and then we get, the reviews are absolutely right, by the way. Um, the song, you know, fuck off and die, is an absolute fucking banger. It is. Nobody uh, has ever spoken to Jason like this, so he instantly falls in love with this, uh, this new girl, Joanna. Jason smacks Turkey. It gets revealed that Doris, the girl who committed suicide, is actually Jason's sister. I, I mean, Turkle wouldn't know this. They go to the same school. You know, I, I, yeah, it's one of those. Anyway, Turkle shares a tent with Nigel and Turkey, and during the night, he finds a dead cat in his sleeping bag, and they all assume it's Jason uh, after what's been happening during the day, and then there's messages, blood, and dead animals and stuff. Anyway, uh, Turkle gets a text from Jason who says he's going to kill him. Uh, Turkle goes to find Justin and Jason starts to chase him. Now, this is blatantly one of those misunderstandings. You know, he's not chasing him to kill him, he's just chasing him to talk with him or, you know, say the stay, say the fuck away from him. Jason goes to the bully's tent and we get this. <laughs> Yeah, my bush. Jason. Please don't kill us. What are you a couple of testicles talking about? You guys been eating magic mushrooms again? Mushrooms? Have you killed Turkle? You been on the piss again? What's this all about? You sent him a text saying you were going to kill him off. What the hell are you saying? It was your name on the display. Oh, shit, fuck. I left my phone with the tea. Ah, ah, goddamn. Hey, Jason, where are you going? Uh, uh. 
Turkle finds Justin and he's and he takes him off into the woods uh, to get um, to get away from Jason. And it turns out it was Justin all along who was after Turkle. Uh, yeah, the uh, the hippie. Now bear with me on this one because this is where it gets a bit hazy. The hippie school teacher who turned up after this event is the one who's chasing Turkle. The event in question is when he killed the spider by sitting on it. Now, if you've been paying attention correctly, he sat on the spider as Jason came in of that afternoon, but he'd already killed the substitute teacher so he could get to be the sub... He'd already killed, sorry, the teacher so he could get to be the substitute teacher in Turkle's class. So the timeline does not marry up at all in this, at all, nowhere. So, uh, yeah... I mean, it's all over a spider. This is, yeah. Anyway, Turkle gets away from Justin and foes his mum and dad who are in the middle of, uh, they're no use and they're in the middle of some strange S&M game. And then uh, in the middle of the woods, for no clear reason, uh, Turkle nearly gets run over by Uncle Stuart, who's on a beer run. He doesn't listen to him at all. He just rides off on his moped, refusing to leave his beer and to help Turkle. Again, that's that's what I'm getting from this. None of the adults in this film give a shit about the kids. That's that's it. Justin catches up with Turkle anyway and beats him with a branch. He throws him around a little bit. He throws him around the woods a little bit and then he starts to strangle him. All the while, while telling him he's an animal abuser. Now, at this point, Jason shows up with his trusty pipe. What did I tell you, people? And um, I told you it would come in handy. And he knocks Jason out. Then this. Ah, that shut you up there, didn't it, big face? <gasps> Jason. Remember what I told you, bruv? You never know when an iron pipe's going to come in handy. <coughs> you really whacked him. <laughs> yeah, boy, that'll learn him. I mean, <coughs> you saved my life, Jason. Bruv, all in a day's work. You can get the beers in. What? I uh, just summoned me, old man, sis. Now, this is said three times throughout the film, and I don't know why. Well, I, I, confused? I, I don't know. I don't know why it's said. I don't know. I couldn't tell you the reasons why, but it's there. Anyway, it turns out Justin isn't dead, and he attacks again, and he ends up strangling Jason this time, and the pipe, the, you know, the, the aforementioned um, Chekhov's pipe is just bouncing around the woods. It bounces off, like, down through the branches and onto the floor, and all the time he's trying to get it. Turkle's trying to get it, and then it bounces right the way across and straight into Justin's head. And then this. Well, where are we? All right, well, well the moral of the story is obvious. I mean, the, the true friends must always remain uh, for 20 minutes at 400 degrees in the top of the oven. That's crap. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. If you bully someone else, then you've got to be prepared to be killed yourself. Um, nah, that's not it. Um, if you have any friends, make sure they don't get ill. Not that damn... Hang on, just be patient. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I think I got it. Yeah, here we, here we go. Listen to this. Right, now, a bird in the hand is worth a stitch in time that gathers no moss. Yeah, that'll do. See you later. And then, after all this bad animation and questionable everything, the end... Like I said, I've, I've left this a couple of weeks uh, to come around to doing this, just to let it settle, because it's just so unexpected, if I'm honest. It's, you know, the animation is so schlonky, and it throws you off guard. It's really bright, it's really colourful, but its story and plot are fucking jet black. So it's it's this complete juxtaposition of what's going on on screen with what the narrative is. 
you know, I've tried to find its purpose and I've got all I've got from, from its purpose is it's nihilistic. That's it. I can't, I can't say anything else about it. You know, it, none of the plot serves a purpose or makes sense. Like I said, you know, he sits on the spider and Jason shows up instant. Sorry, Justin shows up instantly, but he didn't know he was going to sit on the spider, but he's already killed the teacher so he can come and avenge his dead spider. It doesn't tie up. And that's not just the only thing, you know, that's just one of the things. Like I say, all the adults in the film don't give a shit about the kids whatsoever. You know, um, there's the, the one thing that could have been decent was Jason's backstory. You know, Turkle's friend could have found out about Jason's sister. I mean, that's another one. It's like it was just thrown in at the last minute. Oh, yeah, Jason. Jason's sister is Doris, who jumped out the window. But there's no pathos for that. You know, it's like Jason's having a hard time and he looks like he's a kid from the wrong side of the tracks, but you don't give a fuck about that because you don't know nothing about him. It's just it's just that. That's it. It's just you don't know nothing about him. It's just fucking... It's just there. I mean, let's talk about Turkle. Turkle is a fucking twat. He's not in trouble. He's a fucking twat. There's no savable characters at all in this. They're all fucking horrible. You know, y- your main protagonist has been horrible to a girl so much that she's jumped out of the window. And all you can say, oh, yeah, it's just one word and she was in love with him. But fuck off. He's just a twat. You know, and, and the voice cast can't save this as, as best as, the, as... I mean, as good as that. We've got an Oscar winner in there in Olivia Coleman. And they're all just... I think they just all took it the paycheck. It couldn't have been no more than a couple of days in the recording studio for this. I mean, Ed Edmondson's got the most... And Bill Bailey, I mean, Bill Bailey does a, a, a song or two, and, and so does Toby Stevens. So I reckon what took him what two, three days at the most. It's only seventy-seven minutes long, so they're all just—it's just a paycheck for them, I suppose. <sighs> in in the the actual film, if they're trying to highlight the, the the bullying and its destructive force, I mean they miss the mark by galaxies. It's it's just played out for laughs, and it's it's not even fucking funny. That's the thing. That this perhaps there's so perhaps there's loads lost in translation. Maybe I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, when you come down to it, it's it's just strange. You know, Aid Edmondson is just making noise throughout this film. It's Aid Edmondson. He's one of the best British comedians we've had. You know, him and him and Rick Mail are fucking legendary together. And and alone, they they were always fucking brilliant as well. Aid Edmondson, Aid Edmondson is is watchable. And in this, it's just he's just making noise. That's all he's doing. I mean, Bill Bailey. I would love to see. The, the 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 stage I use stage you know the voice direction he was he was meant to have uh, I mean especially from the bad advised shopkeeper that was just fucking horrendous Johnny Johnny Vegas is the most entertaining thing in the film he turns up as Uncle Stewart three or four times and he's just it's just Johnny Vegas like after a skinful that's how I imagine him to be he's just you know he's this vile bastard of a man who's just he's ultimately entertaining that's it the, the constant let's let's move on to this people I, I was there's no point skating around it. The vile undertone and the constant undertone of adults, all adults in this film are weird and a lot of them are fucking pedos, is shocking to me and it's not funny. And the worst thing is they make you feel complicit in it. You know, it's, it, it leaves you with a sheen on afterwards. It's like, I'm, I'm not happy about what you've just done to me with this, you know. I think I sat through the whole film with a raised eyebrow right from the start to the finish. The song sequences, they're funny and strange in a weird way. And I honestly thought of South Park a lot when I was thinking of this, but it's nowhere near. Nowhere near as funny as South Park, nowhere near as satirical as, as well. It was never going to be. So, so yeah, I suppose we'd better round up to the verdict then. Gentlemen of the jury, 
Considering all the facts and arguments presented by both counsel, and after careful deliberation, the jury will retire and consider the evidence. Ladies and gentlemen, the jury, have you reached a verdict? Let me judge! Right, um, we've reached the verdict, so I'm going to start straight away. Uh, I gave Zombiesaurus 30, 30p out of a pound. I'm going to give this exactly the same, 30p out of a pound. I don't think it deserves any more. I mean, it's it's odd, it's weird, it's aimless, it's weird, it's strange. It's it's not watchable, but it's not unwatchable either. So, it's a strange one. I'd, I'd recommend it as an oddity. If you want to see some, you know, uh, some strange Danish um, CGI animation. I mean, I, I get the Lars von Trier uh, thing, like I was saying in the, in the um, initial response to this. I get the Lars von Trier thing. He's poking the bear. There's things in this, it's like, oh yeah, isn't, isn't this? Is it, doesn't that make it, you're right, it does make me feel weird. It does make me feel a bit wrong. You know, it's, it's just fucking strange. So yeah, we'll round up at the end of that. I think that's the best way to say it. It's just fucking strange. Thanks a lot for coming along for episode 20, 27. Thanks a lot for, for coming and just, just listening to the podcast. That's all I ever do this for is, you know, if one person listens to this and enjoys it, that's, that's, that's my deal done. You can find me on Twitter if you want to touch me up. Not touch me up. Let's start that again. You can find me on Twitter if you want to hit me up with any comments or anything you'd like to say or anything like that. I haven't got an email address, so just Twitter's the place to go. You can try Facebook. I might, I might respond through to Facebook. I don't really use it. Uh, I've got a page on there, but it's never, never touched because Twitter's the place to be, apparently, if you're in a movie podcast. So there's a nice little community over there, so... Yeah, come and join us over there, and it's the One Pound Movie Podcast, of course. So yes, episode 27 is done. All the stuff to say is I've been Wayne, and this has been the One Pound Movie Podcast. Thanks a lot for joining me. See you again soon.